This is Cardinal Truth, and this is season two. You are listening to chapter 22. Thanks for being here. My name is J.D. Lehman. My wife, Carrie, and I co-lead a community of believers in Oak Park, Illinois, which is about nine and a half miles due west of downtown Chicago, right along 290. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, or even better, if you're in Oak Park on a Sunday, why don't you stop by and say hi? Coffee's on me. Just love to get to know you a little bit. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about this idea of community within churches. And this stems out of a conversation I had with my sister-in-law and how our church was failing at community for them as they were new members. All right. Before I get started, will you do me a favor? If this podcast or any of the previous podcasts that you've listened to on this have been helpful in any way, would you share them or even better, would you rate them? It goes a really long ways to helping me get this message out. Whether or not it goes to 50 people or 50,000 people, I don't really care. My point is I'm called to do something and I'm trying to honor that. So if you would drop a rating or a subscription, that'd be great too. So anyway, let's get back to this. Okay, before I get into how my personal church failed, let me set up a little bit about community as I see it as a local church pastor. First of all, you have to know that Oak Park is one of these areas that you move to after you've been a dink. And a dink is one of those dumb old terms for double income, no kids. You live in the city, you meet your special someone, and then you realize, hey, we got to start a family. Where are there good schools and really high taxes? Well, hey, let's move to Oak Park. And so you move out to Oak Park and you establish, you put down roots and you start to build family and you start to build community. This is one of those great neighborhoods where every block in the summer, they block off both ends of your streets. We don't have driveways. We're on the alley system because we're super urban and we have these amazing block parties with bouncy houses and games and frisbee golf and a whole bunch of food and taco trucks and you know whatever so community is really important here <clears throat> and community can be found in tons of areas as the father of five children i can tell you that my kids are almost overscheduled. if it's not soccer games on the weekends it could be music or gymnastics it could be even youth group stuff, but there's just tons and tons of activities. There's tons of ways to find community. In fact, my daughter will be traveling to Arizona later this winter for a soccer tournament. I mean, you can find community in just about anything. And that's the challenge. The church used to be the focal point of community. And for those of us who still call the church a vital part of our life, how do we hold that tension of no longer being the only game in town? How do we actually start to provide value to people in a community sense? That being said, I want to go back to this quote by John Wimber. I think I've quoted this in a previous podcast, but it's worth saying again. John was the founder of the Vineyard Church Movement that started in the late 70s, early 80s in Southern California in the Anaheim area. And he had a quote that said, people come to church for a thousand different reasons, but they only stay for one. And that's if they find a friend. I think they come to church and if they find a friend, for sure they'll stay, but they'll also stay if they find a job. Because people like to do something 
service oriented. They like to get outside of themselves. Now, let's be clear. You can mentor kids after school. You can work with inner city youth. You can work at a food pantry. You can volunteer your time in thousands of different areas. The problem with that is that sometimes those communities are just kind of grind up and spit you out kind of places. It's hard to build communal relationships with people. At least at a church, you're serving along a shared set of values. Now, <clears throat> churches aren't the only place to do that, but it's one of those things. I know as a guy, I really appreciate doing projects together. So people come to church to find friends. They come to church to serve. I remember when I joined the church that we now lead, the second Sunday, I volunteered to pass out hot dogs in an impoverished area while we did a free lunch and concert in the park. I jumped right in, I found a job. Somehow, almost 20 years later, I'm in charge of this place. I'm not exactly sure how that worked. To be honest, I should probably think about that a little more. Anyway, so last summer, my sister-in-law and my brother joined our community and they had just bought a new home. They're getting ready to have their second baby. Their first one is like one and a half. And it's like this joyous time. They're getting in, they're gonna get involved in this church and they show up on a Sunday and it's like, yes, oh, we love you guys. You guys are great, it's nice to meet you. And then crickets. And here's a church, my church prides ourselves on our family orientation, our values around community and on a Sunday, we did a good job at talking this up. But where were we the rest of the, of the week? The other six days of the week were really, really, really dry for my brother and my sister-in-law. And she turned to me and she said, you know, for being a church that's family first or community oriented, not one person invited us to dinner. Not one person asked us to go to coffee. Not one person said, hey, what are you doing after church on Sunday? And I said, oh man, that's really tough. And it, it dawned on me that while we do a good job at faking community while we're in the four walls of our church, sometimes we do a poor job at translating that outside of the four walls of church. In the moment, that conversation really stung. I have to say like it was one of those critiques that you're like, oh Lord, Am I screwing this up for real? This bad? Now, to be fair, there's a couple of factors at play. Not to let myself off the hook at all, but when you come in and you happen to be the sibling of the senior leaders, everybody just assumes that you're fine. I get it. They thought, oh, well, this is JD and Carrie's brother and sister-in-law. Well, I mean, they're gonna be great. Then no, I, they probably don't even have time for me. False. Everybody has time to meet new people and to establish new relationships. Second, it's a busy time of life. If you have small children, I have tons of grace on you. It's funny, my wife and I, we joke that she doesn't remember seven years of our life while our children were all little. I totally get it. The sleep deprivation is real. The the uh, going between diapers to feeding, to naps, to diapers, to screaming, to potty training, to diapers, to feeding, to something. It's just, it can be overwhelming. Tons of grace. And if you are coming into a new community and you have young kids, it's hard for people to know how much free time you actually have. Listen, 
It's not that hard though to send a text. It's not that hard to be intentional and say, hey, is there something you need? Is there some way we could get together? Could I just get to know you more? And maybe the answer will be no, but it's at least a check on me and a check for you. I, I realized that I needed to up my personal game. And that's really tough because there's about 220 people who think they know me really well on a Sunday and they expect me to make the move towards them. That can be really challenging. It's really helpful if you'll make the move towards me since if you need something, I would love it if you would ask. But that doesn't absolve me from asking. That still means I need to be intentional about setting meetings, meeting new people, asking you out to coffee, getting to know who you are. For goodness sake, if you are in leadership in some capacity within your community of faith or any community, do yourself a favor and flip and learn people's names. There's nothing more embarrassing than having to get called, hey guy, after you say, hey Charles, it's nice to see you again. Okay, sorry, I'm trying to get off my soapbox here. Here's my point. If you're serious about community and you want to grow the community that you're in, be intentional about reaching across and saying something. Don't wait for the new people to come to you. Most people aren't comfortable enough to do that. If it's really important to you, reach. Go do something. Figure out how to pull somebody in. Remember, my personal love language is pursuit. That means you're pursuing me and my interests. I think there's thousands of us out there. And if they say no, they say no. Not everybody's gonna wanna go out to lunch with you, but I'll tell you what, the more that do, the merrier. Okay, to recap, it's really challenging to join new churches. If you're joining a community that's all about family and you're part of that community already, you should be reaching out to everybody new who comes in and pulling them in with everything you have. People come to church for a thousand reasons. They stay for two. They either find a friend or they find a job. All right, join me next week as we go after something new. Thanks again for being here. Rate this, subscribe to this, and remember that goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed, please rate us and subscribe. All of the music was created and produced by Hello Wonder Music. You can find them at hellowondermusic.com. For more information about JD and the church he and Carrie co-lead, including our weekly podcast and upcoming events, please visit greaterchicagochurch.com.